there's one scripture in John 11, and we all know the story of Lazarus, of when Yeshua resurrected Lazarus. And just to paraphrase it from John 11, uh, Lazarus was a disciple that Yeshua loved. Aren't you glad that he just loves everyone? Yeah. It's funny because, you know, we often think when it's written, the disciple that Yeshua loved, we often think it's who? John. We often think it's John. Well, it says in John 11 that Lazarus is the disciple that he loved. It also said that he loved Mary, or Miriam in Hebrew, and Martha. So I think the reality is that the disciple that Yeshua loved is you. And that's my story, and I'm sticking with it. With it. End of sermon. So John 11 is when the resurrection, the death and resurrection of Lazarus is, is documented. So Lazarus, his friend who he loved, died, and his sisters went to Yeshua, and, and then where Yeshua found out that he died, and he stayed in one place for a little extra long, I think it was two extra days, and by the time he came down to where Lazarus was, he was in the grave for four days, I believe, and according to the King James, Lee, stinketh. stinketh. <laughs> but nothing is impossible for God. And God's timing is always perfect when he wants to glorify himself and glorify his name. So it was a time for the resurrection of Lazarus, and Yeshua spoke out those words. He said, Lazarus, come out. Come out. Come out of the tomb. And then it says that Lazarus came out of the tomb. He had the wrappings on. Uh, his face was wrapped. His Hands were bound by those wrappings, those grave wrappings. His feet were bound, and he, he came out. And then Yeshua said, take those wrappings off of him. If somebody has a Bible on them, it'll enable me to not paraphrase. If somebody wants to just look up John 11, I'll just continue to talk. But let's just think about that scripture and just table it for a second. So our Torah portion today is bow. And bow means come, or it means go. Uh, but it is the Torah portion of the Exodus. The children of Israel have been enslaved for 400 years, 400 plus years, and it is time for the deliverance. They've cried out to God for deliverance. They begged him, they pleaded with him, and now it's time for them to come out. And we learn from that that God's deliverance sometimes takes time. It's sometimes not as immediate as we want. God's timing is sovereign over ours, and we learn that from the story of the Israelites being enslaved, that God's timing overrides, overrules ours. Amen to that. And not everybody says amen to that. Bob Gill says amen to that, because that's the answer of faith. But so many of us, well, I guess to, to quote more of the, the Psalms from King David, like, how long, O oh Lord? How long, how long, how long, how long, how long? But we learned from the story of the Exodus that when God says it's time, it's time. And it will happen, and we glean encouragement from that, that the ones that were enslaved were set free. And we see the, the final few plagues, and we see uh, the plague hit Egypt, the death of the firstborn, and then the people marched out in victory. 
We see the Passover story first come into play, and we read it for the first time when God instructed his people to keep Passover as a memorial year after year. We see them put the blood of the lamb on their doorpost, which is a representation of Yeshua, of salvation. Because that's what salvation is. We put the blood of the lamb on our doorpost, and we march out in victory. Yes. That's salvation. Yeah. So what we read in the Torah portion is the salvation of the Jewish people. Yeah. That's the salvation story. The Tanakh, Old Testament, Salvation story we read in this Torah portion. They put the blood in the lamb. The angel of death came, did not touch them, touched others that didn't have the blood of the lamb. And those that had the blood of the lamb were able to march out in victory. And out they came. They packed their bags. Like Susie and I did when we went to the rabbi's conference. We packed our bags. And out they went. So they went out not just with the stuff that they brought in. We learn in this Torah portion that they went out with some riches. We learn in this Torah portion that God told them to actually ask the Egyptians for their jewelry. <laughs> kind of an interesting to ask for. Like there's this amazing, dreadful moment that's happening here. Like there's death all around Egypt. And God told his people to go, before we go, can I have your necklace? Hey, that's a nice ring on your finger. Can I have it? It's like a kid just asking, you know, like not even recognizing that it's almost improper to be asking people, just, can I have your stuff? But God told the Israelites, before you go, ask them, ask them for their jewelry. And it turned out they were in such a rush to get them out. Right? They finally made that connection that the God of the universe, not the many gods of Egypt, they were all defeated. The one true God is sovereign over it all. And they're like, oh my gosh, we're in trouble. Just get out. I'll give you anything. I'll give you my, my second born son if it gets you out of this land. I'll, I'll, I'll cut my toe off and give it to you. Just get out. I don't want you here anymore. We're causing so much trouble. And this, this is, the, is the straw that broke my camel's back. I can't take anymore. Just take what you want. Is all you're asking for is this necklace? You have my necklace. You have my ring. You have my bracelet. There's my, my, my nose ring. They're pulling out nose rings. Bye, Felicia. Bye, Felicia. They're, they're pulling out their nose rings. They're pulling out their earrings. They're probably like bleeding from. <laughs> Just go, go, go. Just take it. Hey, you want to take it? Take it. Hey, you know, I, I got this heirloom that my mother gave me. It was from my grandmother and her mother. Yeah. Just take it too. I just get out. We can't take anymore. So they left with more than they came in with. They left with jewels. They left with riches. What are we? supposed to glean from that. We are supposed to glean from that. When God delivers us from a season, a dark season, a season of slavery, a season of oppression, whatever that season is, we learn, number one, that it's just a season, just like it was for the Israelites. There is a time of deliverance. Number two, we learn that when God brings us out of it, we take riches out of it. Yeah. We come out of 
those experiences richer than when we went in. Now the enemy who wanted to keep you in that place, the space that you were in, that you were praying to get out, that space is what provides you the riches. So what are the riches that you come out with? It is what God wants you to learn from it. What he wants to build up in you from the experience. We're encouraged by this story because we all go through dark times. We all go through trouble. Trouble, I think of Music Man? Yes. Okay. Oh, we got trouble. Oh, yeah. Oh, we got trouble. With a capital C, though. She's doing. We, 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 and we learn that, that we get rich from our troubles. We get rich from our trials. Pack your bags. It's time to go, but leave some room. See, Susan and I went to the rabbi's conference and we came back with extra stuff. Leave some room for what God wants you to bring out of that experience. There are some things he wants us to bring out of that experience to grow us. If this is the same, the same sentiment that Paul and Yaakov, James, bring up when they say just rejoice in those times of trouble. Yeah, bring, bring forth joy, rejoice. Shout that praise as we spoke about in the, in the praise and worship time. Like whatever is going on, just, just praise through it because God is bringing you something. He's giving you riches, wealth. You're going to come out wealthy. Wealthy. From the stuff that belongs to the enemy. All that stuff is going to be used. In fact, it's an amazing... Reality, we're going to learn as we progress through the book of Exodus and go into the book of Leviticus via crowd. As we go into that book, we realize all that stuff, all that stuff that was brought in from Egypt went into building the tabernacle. Yeah. We keep trying to forget our bad experiences. There's value in the tough experiences and the troubled experiences. So much so that he's going to use the materials from those experiences to build his house in you. The building blocks, the materials that you come out of times of trouble with is valuable to God for building his purpose. And don't ever forget that. I remember I've shared this one, two, or 20 times, I don't remember. But 
One of my times of struggle was in my previous job. Now, I worked at uh, Pfizer Pharmaceuticals. Now, Pfizer Pharmaceuticals, as you know, has gotten quite famous. And based on your view of vaccines, you may love them or hate them. You may think they're the, the instrument of, of divine health, or you may think they're demonic. Either way, I worked for them. And before they were famous for the vaccine, they were famous for Viagra. And you may think that is divine and good. <laughs> but before that, uh, they were famous for Lipitor, which is really what brought them up as a giant farm, big pharma, right? Lipitor, the uh, cholesterol drug. Anyway, so I used to work for Pfizer Pharmaceutical, and the job was, um, if you, I hope you don't mind the, the, the curse word, it's not really much of a curse word, but the job was hell. I learned to be very sensitive about certain curse words at the rabbi's conference, because I did a little talk at the rabbi's conference, and the title of the rabbi's, the, the talk I did at the rabbi's conference was from Star Trek, the original series, when uh, Dr. McCoy used to go, damn it, Jim. I'm a doctor, not an engineer. And I was, the only negative feedback I got was using the word damn it too many times. So I gotta be sensitive about that. So I hope that you forgive me for using the word hell. But that job at Pfizer Pharmaceuticals in New York City was hell. It was hell. I mean, I was working probably 16 hours a day. Unappreciated. And it was just, it was just bad. And I was screaming for God to get me out of that. And I was doing functions that I just did not know how to do. Uh, I was, I didn't know what I was doing. I mean, I used to be a little computer programmer, just put me into a desk and let me just do my little computer programming over here. Don't talk to me about anything. I could just, you know, let me just make the computer do backflips and leave me alone. That was my job, but they took me out of that. They turned me into like a more of a managerial position, a project manager, and I just didn't know what I was doing, and it was hell, and I was working far too many hours, and I didn't know what I was doing, and I was getting bad reviews, and I was just praying to the Lord to get delivered. I don't know if anybody ever prayed to get fired, but I did. Anybody ever get prayed to a Curtis guy? Would you pray to get, please, Lord, fire me. Well, I eventually got fired. And interestingly, they wound up giving me a severance package. So it's was like, you can go and here's some money to get you out of here. But that wasn't what I'm talking about as far as the riches when you come out of your slavery. That was part of it, but there's more than that. So now I'm unemployed for a couple of months and I'm looking for a job and I'm here in Rhode Island because that job is in New York City. And now I'm looking for a job here in, in Rhode Island and I wind up getting the job at Citizens Bank, which is where I am today. And I don't know if anybody has ever lied on their resume but I sure did, because all the stuff that I stunk at at Pfizer, I wrote on the resume that I was great at. And I don't know if anybody ever lied in a job interview, but I did. On my resume and in my job interview, I was the best project manager that the project management has ever seen. But I didn't know what I was doing. So now it's time for me to do the job. And all of a sudden, they would give me a task. And I would, in my mind, I'd be like, I know what that is. I remember that from Pfizer. And I would do it. And they would give me another task. And I'd go, like, oh, I remember that from Pfizer. And I would do it. And I would excel at it. What I failed at at Pfizer, many times, 
over and again. I wound up being exceptional at at Citizens Bank. I don't get it. I don't know why I stunk at Pfizer and then in the same function, I excelled at Citizens Bank. So it wasn't just like doing okay with it. Like I'm getting accolades from the top of the company. And I realized that all that hell I went through at Pfizer, something was, I was learning something. I was learning. I didn't know I was learning because I kept failing. But I wound up learning something and it became easy for me at my new job. And I kept excelling at it and excelling at it and excelling at it. So when God has you in a place of difficulty, of trouble, 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 he's building something in you. You're learning things. And you will, it will be used. I declare it will be used. God can use what you're learning in your times of trouble. You come out with riches. You come out with jewelry. <laughs> Much more beautiful things than necklaces and bracelets and nose rings that were in other people's noses. We gotta know stuff that we come out with. And we also have to recognize there are things that he doesn't want us to bring out of those experiences. There is stuff that comes in out of Egypt. And there's stuff that needs to be left in Egypt. I need you to understand that. There are things that God will build, building blocks that he will use to build his house. That's what the jewelry, jewelry represents. But it says they came out with another thing. It says that they came out of Egypt with the jewelry, right? All the stuff, all the people that just kind of threw them all the necklaces. But it says they also came out with a mixed multitude. A mixed multitude. Now, there's been many rabbinic debates of what this mixed multitude is, and most of the rabbis who've looked at the mixed multitude view it as a bad thing. They view it as uh, the rabble-rousers, people who caused the Israelites in the wilderness trouble later on, uh, Gentiles who kind of latched on, but not necessarily, some, some of the rabbis say, okay, they're converts, but some of them just view them as, as people that were not believers in God that just kind of latched on to them, said, take me with you, and they wound up being trouble later. But... But aside from the rabbinic commentary on the mixed multitude that came out, I just want to say that when we come out of Egypt, the things that come out, there's this mixture for all of us. It is kind of mixed because we come out sometimes with things that God wants us to bring forth out of it. Good things. Building blocks for growth. But there's a mixture because sometimes we come out of, come out of Egypt with things that are really meant to stay there. And we need to be wise and understand there are certain things that God just wants us to... When we come out of Egypt, when we come out of our times of trial and trouble, things, just things that are not meant to come out. When he delivers us, things have to stay behind. But we do come out with mixture. Like, what are the things that we need to stay behind? Like, when we have an experience with God and we're saved and we're delivered, clearly, like, the sinful life stays behind. When, we're, when we experience salvation, we are supposed to leave our sinful life behind. The old man gets left behind. The new man comes forward. Yep. There are things that are left there and are not meant, to be, not meant to come out. And I want to go back to the verse about Lazarus and all that was leading up to this. Does anybody have the verse? Did anybody take it? 
John 11. Do you have the Bible there? Can I, can I read it from your Bible? That's perfect, perfect, perfect. Look at a good old-fashioned actual Bible. Everybody's handing me their phones. So John 11. So I don't need to read the whole story about Lazarus and when he was sick and when he was resurrected. But I do want to read the, the verses of his actual resurrection. This is a good translation. It uses uh, Hebrew names. Here it is. So starting in verse 43, John 11, it says, Having said this, he shouted, Lazarus, come out. Lazarus, come out. That is the heavenly declaration of deliverance. That's the declaration of deliverance. This is that moment. This is when the, when the Jews came out of Egypt. This is the moment that God says, enough is enough, you're coming out of the grave. This is enough is enough, you're coming out of your experience, your trial, your tribulation, your trouble. Come out. This is, this is that declaration. And I believe in many times in our lives we've heard that declaration. Has anybody gone through trouble or difficult situations and God has brought you out of a difficult situation? That's when God says, come out. Lazarus, come out. Come out. No more in there. But here's where I want to go with this. The man who had been dead came out, his hands and feet wrapped in strips of linen and his face covered with a cloth. Yeshua said to him, to them, unwrap him and let him go. Unwrap him and let him go. Thank you. Jessica. What do we learn from this? Yeshua made, yeah? I just got a text from Michelle. Michelle. Bill was just taken in an ambulance. He had a stroke. Can we please pray for him? Oh, okay. Okay, so Father, we lift up Bill to you right now, Adonai. We just raise our hands. We just lift up Bill to you, Lord God. Father, we just ask that you bring forth healing to him, Lord God. Minister to him, Lord God. Father, we just pray that you bring him out of this time of trouble, Lord. And minister to him and minister to Muriel and minister to the family, Lord God, at this time. Father, I pray that you just, you just do a miracle. Just do your wondrous works, Father. We just lift him up to you, Lord God. We lift up our brother Bill to you, Father. In Yeshua's name, lift him up. Yes, Lazarus, come forth. Lazarus, come out. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We'll continue to follow up with Michelle and the family on Bill, Bill's progress. So God says, the declaration, come out, come out. You've been through that time in the grave. It's time to come out. That's not the only thing Yeshua said. The man came out with the wrappings on him. 
And Yeshua needed to make a second declaration. Take those wraps off of him. Take those ties off of him. Unbind him. He was resurrected. He experienced resurrection. But the miracle wasn't entirely over yet because he came out of the grave with things that should be left in there. He came out tied and wrapped. And Yeshua needed to say, get those off of him. I tell you right now, there are those here or listening that have experienced the resurrection power of God and have come out but are still wrapped in those grave wrappings. And you need to hear the second proclamation from Jesus. Take those wraps off of him or her. We can have a, a relational issue and God miraculously brings an end to the relational issue. But we're wrapped in unforgiveness. We could have sinned and God has brought us out of the sin. He said, Lazarus, come out. And we came out. And we left the sin in the grave. Which is what being born again is. But we're still wrapped in guilt. We can experience deliverance, but still walk around wrapped in the wrappings, in the ties that were meant to be left in the grave when he called us out. So maybe you've heard the first proclamation of Yeshua. Come out. Come out. Come out of your dark time. Come out of your sin. Come out of your trouble. I brought healing. I brought the deliverance. But maybe you have not heard the second proclamation of Yeshua in the resurrection statements. Take those wraps off. Take the wraps off of him or her. So if you haven't heard it, today I say it. wraps off. Unwrap him. Take those ties, those binds, those cords off. And set this one free. Maybe you're still feeling hurt from, a, from that time. You know, sometimes when I go back and I think of my experience at Pfizer, I'm like, whoa, that was tough. You know, I remember it, but it doesn't bind me. I'm done with that. 
through experience that you went through where you're done with the experience, but there's residue. There's residue. There's still, you're still bound. I declare over you today that there's a second proclamation from Yeshua. Not just Lazarus come out. Proclamation number two, take the binds off. Take the ties off. Take the grave wrappings off. They're not meant to come out. They're meant to stay in the back. They didn't stay in the grave. When we come out, we got to know that we come out with riches. We come out with wealth. We come out with growth. We come out with joy. The mountains and the hills break forth before us. But we need to leave behind certain things too. So, Father, whatever needs to be left behind in this body here today, whoever's listening, Father, whatever needs to be left behind, I give permission. Maybe you're just waiting for permission from Jesus, waiting for permission from Yeshua. Take those ties off. Take the binds off. Unbind him. Unbind him. Unbind him. Unwrap him. This is my son. This is my daughter. He, she has been delivered. You have been delivered. No more being tied up in what you've been delivered from. God's resurrection is complete. It's complete. It's complete. He doesn't do things incomplete. But we need to absorb his two resurrection proclamations. Come out of the tomb and unwrap him or her. So I pray today as we leave this place, you feel and know the permission you have from God to leave the anger, the residue, the unforgiveness, the guilt, whatever it is, to leave it in the grave that you came out of when you died and rose with him. Unwrap your sons and daughters today. And let us, Father, come forth in victory and come forth unencumbered and free. It's tough to raise your hands to God when they're still bound, when they're still tied with those grave wrappings. It's tough for ju to jump for joy when our legs are still bound with the cords that were meant to be left in the grave. So Father, free us for real. You said who the Son sets free is free. And it's partial freedom if we came out of the grave but still feel bound by experience. Father, I speak forgiveness. Wash everyone here with forgiveness, Father. Wash everyone here Cleanse their minds and their memories and their souls, Lord, from the stain of whatever they've gone through, Lord God. And let them be like, like Joseph, who after it was all said and done, could not be angry at all with his brothers because he recognized the experience was from God. There was growth in the experience. There was something that God was doing. So there's no point in being angry. Father, I would just release everyone here from anger, from hurt, from whatever those binds are. That, they didn't, that, were, that are still on 
them even after they've experienced Yeshua's resurrection power. Set us free, Father. Set us free. Thank you, Father. In Yeshua's name, lift up this word. Have your way. Have your way, Lord. Have your way, Adonai. Have your way. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. It's, it's, it's progression. It's progress. Remember, we come out like a mixed multitude. There's a little that we give up. There's a little that we keep. It's progress. So don't feel guilty if you came out and still have stuff. You have permission to be unbound. And today I want to give you permission from heaven to be unbound. Amen. Amen. Amen.